Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. 
and welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am Eva Abeo. Hey y'all, grab a seat, cop a squat, grab a chair, get a blanket or a pillow, or sit right here on this step, on one of these steps right here, as we say stoop. Sit right here on one of these stoops. Get you some water, some tea, some coffee, some juice. Hell, it's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. How us doing? How is us doing? I've learned a lesson yesterday. I really did. I didn't want to learn the lesson. I didn't. I didn't want to learn the lesson. But I had to learn it. I did. I had to learn it. And then when I stopped, and you know how you went back, you go back, and you see this pattern in a few people, it's kind of heartbreaking. You know? And then, but it makes sense. It makes sense on every accord. I'm going to go back and always tell y'all, life is what you make it. Real talk, life is what you make it. You're the author. You hold the pen. Now, if you decide to give that pen to other people and let them write the story of your life, that's on you. I don't have no judgment. I can't come in and be like, wow, you know, that I don't have. But some people do it. They give the pen to their spouse or their boyfriend or they jump off or they little sneaky link. If this person can't even write their own story or write their own book, why are you giving them pen to write yours? Because they're not going to write it right. Some people need that validation or need that, you know, some... I remember, real talk, as me and two of my good girlfriends, Mika and Jackie, I remember, I don't know if they remember, I remember us sitting outside and they... And some women live by this. A piece of man is better than no man at all. And I'm like sitting there like, why would you want a piece if you can't have the whole thing? Oh, everybody's not like you. And it's sad and disheartening when people tell me that. Because I had a few people that tell me, oh, I'm not strong like you. I, I'm not like you. Why? Why, why would you say that to me? What do you mean I'm not like you? Because, you know, and it, it is no shade. It's no disrespect. Not everybody knows their worth. Not everybody know the power that they possess. I'm not only talking spiritual. I'm talking about in life. Not everybody. Everybody don't see their beauty. They, and I, listen, I call this girl a little ugly in Detroit, right? Beautiful girl beautiful but she didn't see her beauty so i call her a little ugly okay hey little ugly <laughs> you know hey she said oh and she did she copyrighted that so if y'all uh try to take her little name she gonna come after your little ass okay but that little ugly that little ugly some people don't see their beauty some people don't see their worth some people don't and it could be a plethora of reasons why. No one ever told them they were beautiful. 
some man or whoever partner they was with, you know, just made them feel ugly or they measure themselves against society because someone once called them fat or they look in the mirror and they don't see anything and, and they see the Kardashians and the Amber Roses and, you know, the Nicki Minaj, they see all of that and be like, oh, I don't look like them. Let me tell you about my old ass, right? Real talk. I, I do. I salute sisters, even brothers. Oh my God, you're handsome. Oh my God, you smell amazing. Oh my God, I... You were raised right. Look at you, mama. You are working that. I give people compliments. And trust me, I'm not saying this so y'all can be like, oh, I knew E5 Bell was legit. No. But I don't give a fuck if I'm in a room full of tens. Guess what? I'm in the fucking room, so I got to be a ten too. Hey, how you doing? Hey, big ass and all. Big ass and all. Colorful wigs. All that. Hey, hey. When I used to hang out with my friends, Teresa, Keisha, Stephanie, and all of us, Teresa and them, even Lakia and them, Stephanie and them are light-skinned. And that's all I used to hear, right, coming up. Oh, I don't want to go with her because she light-skinned. All the dudes are going to um, want to talk to her. My mother told us, because my mother was black, you turn off the light, you ain't seeing her. You see them white-ass teeth, but you ain't seeing her. So they used to call her black. Right? Down south. Black beauty. Black. So, when I was coming up, my mother used to always tell me, I don't give a fuck if you're in a room with white, black, yellow, green, purple. Who's going to come for you or who's meant for you is coming? I don't give a fuck who's standing there. So, when we would go out, they would complain. I'll go out. Come on, Steph, where we going? Come on, Dominique, where we going? I don't give a fuck. Come on, Felicia, where we going? I don't give a fuck who talks to them because I already got my men that want me. What? Hi. How you doing, boo-boo? I'm not going to go and chase or because they got the attention of the room. Great. Go ahead, girl. That's right. Do her thing. Look at my best friend. She looking damn good. Hey. And that's it. That's all. And while she's over there getting her attention, I'm sitting my ass right there getting mine. What's up, D? Hey, what's up? What, what you doing today? What you doing? What us doing? We gonna go get something? Come on. And that's it. I'm not here to be in competition with nobody. But you have some people, that's their mentality. Even to this day. My sister-in-law is bright as the fucking day is long. And we would go everywhere. Come on, dress. Let's go. And we would go everywhere. It was never no... I ain't going with her because she light-skinned or whatever. I don't give a fuck. That's my sister. Hey, what's up? Hey, we going. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So when people say that, I just look at them and be like, damn, I, I pray healing on you. Because if you see your worth, your beauty, and the power that you possess, you will be the same thing. But we get so so thirsty, so, so man, we give up so easily. We see all our friends get married. Never forget, true story. I remember when all my friends was in relationships. <laughs> and I wasn't dating nobody. This was before Craig and all of them. For my first husband. And, well, after my first husband, but before Craig, God bless the dad. 
And everybody was in a relationship. Teresa, Keisha. Keisha was in a relationship with Tyrone. Teresa was in a relationship with my Brock. Like, everybody had relationships. I ain't have nobody. Nisi had Todd. Like, everybody was in a relationship. He and my happy ass ain't have nobody. So, I remember sitting on the step. My mom would come, whether she was coming in or she was getting ready to get up and go in her garden. And I remember sitting there and telling her, like, you know, what's wrong with me? Like, everybody's in a relationship. And I'm not. Like... Am I ugly? Like, you know, dog. My mother looked at me. She said, uh, hey, uh, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I said, what? She said, why are you trying to be like them? Why are you rushing? I said, oh, because, you know, I feel bad. Like, I got to go and hang with them and they in a relationship. I'm like the third wheel. That's why I don't go nowhere. She said, outside holding hands behind closed doors, throwing pots and pans. You don't want that relationship. Every single one of them that's in a relationship ain't in one. They just doing this. You think they doing good or you think that they happy. They miserable as fuck. She said, come on, help me back here. I said, girl, you know I don't work in no yard. She said, well, sit your ass back here and, and talk to me and stuff while I pull up these beans. That was a trick because I wind up being in the dirt in the goddamn way. But anyway, and she was right. She was right. Teresa was in a relationship with my brother. My brother girl came and was ready to whoop her ass. They was in a relationship. They were fucking. Tyrone and Keisha fought like fucking worse than uh, uh, Tina Turner and Ike. Worse. All of them were not happy. And, you know, when you can only play this facade of a happy home but for too long. So when I saw, I was like, shit, thank God. I said, sometimes. God don't put you where you need to be. Sometimes he pours you so your ass won't jump into that. Because me, I, no, 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 no. I think the worst thing, right, for me, for me, is when you're with someone and while you're at work and you're thinking they're at work and they have another woman in your house. That's the worst for me. <laughs> like, for real. For real. That is the worst. Like, I'm coming home. From a hard day's work, I'm thinking you got dinner ready and everything, and I come home, and you got this chick there. She in my she, and you done hid my pictures and everything, and she's thinking this is your shit. So when I turn the key, cause this really happened to one of my friends, turn the key, she in there, you know, um, coming out of the bathroom in her panties and bra. And this nigga sitting at the table. You you didn't think that your girl... Like, you don't even listen when your girl said... And correction, not even your girl, your wife. Um, I'm coming home early today. You didn't even pay attention to that. Your thirsty ass is so hyped that you ready to get shorty over to your house. She turned the key. You in the kitchen cooking. And this chick come out in her panties and bra saying, Oh my God, your bathroom is so pretty. And I'm looking... At both of y'all trying to figure out what the fuck. So here it is. She's standing there saying, hi, who, who are you? I'm his fucking wife. Huh? So long story short, she comes home. I thought he loved me. I thought I was the only one. Girl, he had to sneak you there. And not only that, now you already know. You seen the wife. You you. She told you what it was and everything, right? He come and get you and take you to the hotel and throw you $150, That's it, because you never go over three. And you think you're boring. 
up there. I don't care. I don't care. He said he he gonna leave her. She's still looking for a man. Cause he gone. He done been deported. He back in Jamaica and all of that. Him gone. She done moved on and still looking for a man. But that's a whole new different story. Anyway, tell you the lesson I learned. When people are not living, because it's their choice, it's their choice. Once again, it's their choice. When people are not living the life that they want to, because they allowed someone else to write their life, and they see other people living their life, going out, having a life, doing that, they become bitter and petty. Dead serious. There was a few times in my life, I don't brag. I'm grateful and thankful for everything I have. For real. It's hard to believe this girl came up sleeping on the floor in a cot and all of that to where I'm enjoying a life, right? Finally, living instead of surviving. I'm finally living. So even then, when I would, I would be in South Jamaica and... Once again, it's their choice. It's their choice. Yo, where you going, D? Ah, oh, man, I'm going to Buffalo this weekend. What? Yeah. But you be going everywhere. Well, you only get one life. So you might as well live it. Mm, okay, must be nice. No. But then when you would say, hey, you know, you went and picked up. Girl, I was busy. I'm living a life too. Damn, I actually do me a favor, but it's okay. It's not your responsibility, it's mine. That's why I'm great at going and do what I need to do. But thank you, right? Because whenever I ask someone, <laughs> maybe it was me just wanting, not seeing, seeing it, but not seeing. Like, I remember I asked the sister, can she go up on the avenue and grab me, you know, this item and bring it back, right? I said, hey, I need it by Monday, right? But in reality, I need it on Friday. So I just said Monday, right? <laughs> so when I came back, I was like, yo, you, you got it? Girl, I have a life to live. I couldn't even do it. I'm not even going to lie. I said, say no more. Say less. I said, but thank you. Thank you for even, you know, thinking about it. And I took my happy ass up there, did what I had to do, sent it off. And it was way done before Friday because the cutoff was Friday, right? And then when we would sit around, because oh, here's Miss Traveling World Thousand. But you can travel too. Girl, I can't. I can't afford it. You don't even know how much it is to travel. So how you saying you can't afford it? I got to get my hair done, my nails done. If my man don't want me to go, I can't go. Once again, putting that pen in someone else's hands. He don't live with you. He's not paying a bill. He's not doing anything. So that, that ain't really your man. That's somebody you laying with. Come on, ma. Like, okay. So... <clears throat> Yesterday, I, I learned the same lesson. Well, it was a reminder that I need to, hey, slow down. Slow down. See it for what it is. I said, well, I have somewhere to go. Can you do, you know, can you do my hair or whatever? This person was really, really petty. And I'm a person that if you ask me to do something, I'm giving you my undivided attention. Because you're asking me to do something, Right. I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm not going to be on the live. I'm not going to do none of that. 
And my mother used to always say, be careful how you talk to people or people that you love, be a family or friends in front of other people. Because when you, when you disrespect them or you do that, people think that everybody else think they can do that. Everybody. I remember when, you know, sometimes I have a sass mouth. I know. Go figure. And I remember I said something smart to my mother. And I was in front of my friends and niece and them. My mother turned around. She said, let me tell you something. I'll break your neck and theirs. She said, because when you do it, they think that it's going to be okay. And then they think they're doing it. So I might as well just cut the middle man out, save y'all time, and I'll break all y'all necks. She said, so say, say it again or say something else smart. No, ma'am. Thank you. All right. But see, in this generation, people think that, you know, oh, I can say it. I'm grown. You're right. You are. You right, you are. But when you don't give your full and undivided attention, especially people that that's in your corner to help you, and you do something fucked up, and you think it's okay. You think it's okay. <laughs> but this is what happens when you give the pen to someone else to write your story. My father used to always sit me down and tell me, the man can promise you the sun, moons, and stars. <clears throat> let, me, let me put it right. My father would sit down and say, a man will promise you the sun and the moon. Make sure you have the stars in your pocket. When I was a kid, he said, never be too thirsty for someone's attention. And don't dumb yourself down so they can shine. They fell in love or they wanted you for who you are. That's who you show up as, with a little bit of room for improvement, for growth. That was embedded in me. It saddens me when I see females, right? Because these are not women. These are females. Where they dumb themselves down for a guy. Or they want to play this, oh, you're so smart. You sitting there like, what? This nigga just said <laughs> purple. And white make green. What? Okay. Uh, he, he loved me. What's his mama name? I just met him online. <laughs> oh, God, have mercy. Oh, God. You, girl, you need a life. I don't have no friends and stuff. And <clears throat> when you can't be comfortable with yourself, it's sad. It's sad. When you can enjoy your own company, you can take yourself out to eat, you can go places, you can do all of that. Speaks a lot about you. You don't follow a crowd. But when you can't, and you spend your whole fucking existence on trying to find some friends, and then you complain once you get the friends. Oh my God. Like, you want to be relevant. You want to be in the mess. You got to be in the mess. You got to be the center. You got to be. And that baffles me. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody. Please don't, don't take that. But not even but. When you have grown and you have healed and you have made progress of your life. And you sit back and you see like, yo, it's either that could be me or I'm happy I don't do that no more. So you see your growth. But it sickens you and it hurts. Because you want to help everyone else. But I think of it like this. The people that gave you the knowledge or gave you that, that oomph in you, 
they might have said the same thing. Damn, I want to help. I just drop some knowledge and keep going. Because if they want to pick it up and take it and use it, they will. If not, they'll leave it there and somebody else that's worthy will pick it up. But it's sad when you have to accept anything so you can be accepted. Not around people that will, that's not doing anything. And trust me when I say they're not doing anything. They're just sitting there gossiping, being messy, trying to find somebody's man on social media. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Okay. And then you'll hear those words because if you say something, oh, everybody ain't like you. Everybody ain't like you. Some people, you know, we need friends. I need people around me. I can't be by myself. You're like, wow, okay. Oh, my God. But then when you say, hey, you know, where you going? Oh, I'm going here. Oh, I'm going out of town. I'll be back. Oh, you missed travel of 5,000. Oh, you always going somewhere. Oh, and then they think they're about messing you up. And you'll be sitting there like, wow, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Don't, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Thank you. Oh, my God. Why are you complaining? Oh, my. You know what? You could have went somewhere else and did it. Oh, my God. Like, damn. You could just throw something on it, okay? If you want to go around looking half-assed or looking fucked up or looking like something rolled up and thrown away, that's on you. I don't want that. But you know what? I'm going to make it work until I get to where I need to get to. Oh, my goodness. This is why nobody don't do nothing for you. You too picky. Oh, my God. You too bougie. That's right. I forgot. You travel everywhere. You always going somewhere. You can, too. Oh, you know what? Never mind. Let me let me get back to my lives and do what I need to do. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let me go. And, and you will sit there and say, wow. Okay. All right. Let, let me go. Let me go. Let me go and find a life. <laughs> You'd be like, well, damn, you already have a life. You know? Like, it's okay. You can love people from a distance. Doesn't mean I hate you. Doesn't mean that you're not um, family or someone that I appreciate. It just, we, we're, our vibe is different. And I pray for your healing and for your growth. I truly do. But I know that I have to limit myself to you. Because when people feel that you have to depend on them. And you start, which is their first mistake. And you start, no, 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 I'm out. I, oh, my God, now you don't need me. I didn't need you in the first place. I... You know, I knew you was going through some things, so I was helping you, and, and, you know, we was helping each other. But I don't need you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so you know what? This is why I don't mess with people. This is why. And you just be sitting there saying, wow, wow. I was talking to my son, and he went to California, you know, just to get away. And... um he made a statement to say, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because I know you're going to be angry and you're going to go off. And I was like, because it was in a way of, you know, oh, his father called him. So he was like, I know you're going to you're going to go back and tell him. I said, why do you think I get up every morning and gossip about you? Because if you do, you're far mistaken, like for real on everything. I do what I need to do. Set up my appointments, clean up, give me something to eat. But at first, I pray. Let me put that out, and and I go on about my life. You you're you're not someone. You are thirty eight years old. I don't need to talk about you. And if you think that, then you really need some help, or you you don't know me at all. And then he he made the he made a comment, and I said, "Wow." He was like, "Oh yeah, I know you're gonna be angry," and I was like. Well, my kids really don't know me. And he was like, oh, because that's how you used to be. Ladies and gentlemen, all those that's listening to the podcast, like I tell you, I tell you, I keep it real. I don't know no other way, right? So hear me when I say, I had my son when I was 14 going on 15. I wasn't mature. I was not mentally, physically, spiritually, none of that. I, I really didn't think that it came with a baby. I was screwing, and I just didn't know that it came with surprises, right? But I dealt with it. None of them, by all means, thank God, and everyone else, right? <clears throat> they didn't go into a system. Nobody took them, anything like that. I raised them with the help of my parents and the community, Right? It wasn't, they didn't come and say, oh, you better do, no, uh-uh. Baby, if you're going to do that, add that and watch it come better. They they offered advice and wise wisdom. That I will give them, right? But they wasn't raising my kids. I was a young mom. I was married. I was married twice, right? Some of y'all only know a ring around the tub. I know a ring around the finger. I was married twice. I was. I really was. Because I was taught that a person that plays house don't deserve a house. Unfortunately, I didn't know the whole full, the first time I got married. I think that was the rehearsal. (laughs) Because I ain't no shit about being married, right? I wasn't using my parents as an example. So, and when I got growner and older. Then I started learning more of the trials and tribulations and all of that that goes with married, being married. So I still wasn't mature enough because I run up in somebody's house, say something to my kids. I'm going off. I scream, all of that. Right. And then when I moved away, still wasn't totally mature. I became responsible. Because now I didn't have a safety net. I couldn't fall back on my parents and all of them. So I had to get out here and learn how to budget, pay bills, do all of that. So when I left Queens and I moved to Atlanta and lived there for 20 years, I had to learn how to pay bills, learn how to set priorities and goals. I had to grow up without a safety net. Now, mind you, if you have your safety net, God bless you. God bless you. I didn't have that. My mother died. My father moved. And I, I didn't have that. I didn't, I didn't come from a rich family. I couldn't call an aunt, an uncle, a cousin and be like, yo, can you give me $3,000, $4,000? I ain't had that at all. I had to become the person to say, yo, I, I got to make sure we get this. Or find ways of getting it. 
And I didn't want my children to suffer or be without. They were kids. So I had to get it by any means necessary. Some things I was proud of, some things I wasn't. Selling drugs and all that wasn't, shouldn't have been it. But when you're faced with, and please, I want y'all to say, well, you could have got a job. I did. I had quite a few jobs. Four kids. They wasn't wearing no size ones and twos. These were big kids. Schools in Atlanta, up in New York, y'all get a y'all get a hell of a more. We get education. We get hands-on. That we do in, in Atlanta. But y'all get more benefits. Y'all get more opportunities. Y'all can go down to the welfare there and pay your rent. Y'all go down to the welfare, give them a sad story or something. They're going to give y'all a check. In Atlanta, if you don't work, you don't eat. We ain't getting that. So you had to write a check out for lunch. If you working, ain't no such thing as free lunch. And they want their money. Or they going to garnish your pay. So when I lived down there, I had one in Dunwoody. Or two in Dunwoody. And two in Henderson. So two in junior high and two in middle school. So, hey, they have trips. And unlike New York, they have prep rallies and all kinds of goddamn parties and all of this. Freshman day, for them all dance and all these things. And I'm not mad because I'm happy they enjoyed it. So you got to pay for that. You had to make sure. And if they're driving, you got to make sure they have a student pass and all of that. That all comes with money. So I had to make decisions. But I also had to have the money to make decisions. So I had to do what I had to do. No regrets. I don't. That's one thing I don't do. So being angry, staying on top of things, and, yeah, making sure that I put foot in ass because... I'm busting my ass out here. This is why I get, I go so hard and I understand what my mom and them was saying. Yeah, you are a parent. That's your job. You had the kids. You're supposed to raise them. But I'd be damned if I let you disrespect me. After everything I did to make sure that you have, you didn't have to want for anything. You didn't have to go out there and rob Peter to pay Paul. You didn't have to do the things that I did. If you did, you choose to. You didn't have to. Right? So, you're not going to come and disrespect me or talk to me any kind of way or think you can do whatever. I don't give a fuck how old you are. So, no. Now, some of y'all could be like, oh, well, I'm stopped listening to her because that's not right. God bless you. Go with grace. Make sure you close the door on your way out. It's okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not here for likes and fames. But I want to say... So this way you'll understand. If you know people that need validation from outside of themselves, if you know people that's always giving you those slick fucking disrespects, oh, you always traveling, mm, you think you're better than everybody, uh, you know, that, that disrespect that come with, girl, you know I'm playing. No, bitch, you're not. You're not playing. You real serious. Don't ask them to do nothing for you. Because they're not doing it out of love. They're not doing it out of, I want to see my girl prosper. Because as you prosper, I prosper. They're not doing that. They, doing, they, they really are going to be as petty and as fucking vindictive as you possibly can imagine. Sometimes it comes as your family. Real talk. Real talk. 
And all you can do is just sit back and say, wow. I have a few people that I would overlook. Overlook the disrespect. I would. I would overlook the disrespect. Right? Back in the day. I don't do that no more at all. And now I'm labeled as, oh, she changed. Uh-uh. She's too fucking mean. I can't. She's aggressive. I wasn't that when you would say smart shit. You know, and I'll give you a few examples of what used to be said to me. We'll be outside, right? We'll be in South Jamaica. In South Jamaica in 40, you sit outside on the benches and stuff. And, you know, people come by. And it all depends on who comes by. So let's just say if it's a bunch of women out there and a dude come. Oh, my God. In a room full of unhealed women or females. Because real women don't do this. And I'll tell you two instances. In a room full of unhealed females, a man walk in, be prepared for the shade, the backbiting, the disrespect, because it's coming. So, we would sit outside, right? Let's just say Pooh Brother or somebody would come through. And they'd be like, oh, shit, D, because I didn't live up there. I would come up to New York. And they'd be like, oh, shit, D, where you at? Yo, I be following you on fucking Facebook, man. Yo, how was that? Yo, I saw you doing real talk. I'm giving you the real conversation. I saw you doing the spiritual thing, man. And, yo, I ain't know Atlanta had all those places. Yo, you looking. Sitting there with my so-called friends. Yeah, this bitch be going everywhere. <laughs> Bad that she sleeping in Gail's apartment with no bed. Like, everybody would look and be like, Okay, and yeah, that's fucked up, but you could go everywhere, girl. You could take that money and get you a, a apartment or something or go down there to the welfare like everybody else or try to fill out an apartment and, so you can get an apartment in the projects. Like, how you going everywhere and you, you back sleeping on the floor? Well, okay. All right, well. So, you know, um, Boo's brother and them would be like, that's okay, D. Yo, you doing it. Yo, shit get better, man. I said, I ain't complaining. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm good. And it didn't bother me. But I would I would sit there and listen to that. Or when I was hanging around them and my ex-husband would be up on the boulevard, we would walk by if we go into the store. I'm, I'm good with walking past him and not speaking to him. Dead serious. Like, that shit will... You know, I, I can walk past a lot of people and feel nothing because you don't exist in my world. So we would walk to the store. Oh, come walk me to the store. Girl, what you getting? You just went to the store. We just left the avenue. No, I got to go up to the store, girl. I got to get my beer. All right. We'll walk past. This is Yolanda. Hey, Roosevelt. He'll be like, yeah, what's up? Donnie, you see Roosevelt? Don't play with me. And he'll say, yo, don't play with me. Oh, oh my goodness. Anyway, Roosevelt, you going to come by my house tonight? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. And then she'll turn and look at me and be like, yeah, you know. He he be giving me movies. Ma, I don't care. I'm just saying, Ma, I don't care. <laughs> you good with that. What fucked her up one day, unbeknownst to me, because it fucked me up too. We was walking up to the store, right? I didn't want to walk, but we walked. We walked up there, right? Um... And she was like, hey, Roosevelt, he didn't speak to her. So she was like, mm, he ain't speaking today. 
And that nigga turned and said, yo, Donna, can I speak to you for a minute? I said, sure, what's up? Let me run into the store and get me something to drink and I'll be back out. We walked in the store. She was like, what he's talking to you about? I said, I don't know. Don't he come to your house every night? So I don't know. She was like, girl, go see what he want. When I get my water and then I go out there and see. When I, I said, yeah, this is just what I said. I said, I don't know what he want or what he's going to ask me. So I just meet you at the, um, you know, back at the projects. I was hungry. I, you know, I'm, I'm a big girl. So I was hungry. So when he was standing there and he was like, yo, you know, I need to talk to you. I said, listen, I'm hungry. Can we go get something to eat? Uh, we go to the diner or something and then you can talk and say what you want. I ain't buying you nothing to eat. I got my own money, nigga. When I ever ask you for something. Now I'm only playing. Come on. Come on. Don't put no voodoo in my car. For real? Nah, come on. Let's go. She stood there and her whole face dropped. Dropped. So he dropped me back off after he spoke. And it was really about our daughter and stuff like that. She wanted to come from Atlanta up to New York, right? We came back up. He um, dropped me off. She was standing out there. Standing. Like, we was going for about an hour, almost two, right? Real talk. And, because I have a limit with him anyway. And when he dropped me off, he dropped me off. He was like, yo, where you going? I was like, yo, drop me off by, you know, the projects right there. And that's just always the saying, oh, you can't leave the projects alone. Nigga, I don't live up here. <laughs> like, yo, shut up. You live up here. So, I got out. She's sitting on the bench. Like, waiting. Like a crackhead. I tell you no lie. So, me, I already know you waiting, ma. So, when I came in, I sat down. She was like, what happened? I said, what? What are you talking about? What happened? Like, y'all, you got in his car. I said, let him tell you since he come to your house every night. Girl, stop playing. Oh, see, that's the shit. You supposed to be my girl. You can't even tell me what's going on. Hold on, stop. Because I had to regulate her and remind her. Because some people get it twisted, right? Okay. I said, um... I was married to him. I know his social security number. Ma, you just know his phone number. And you don't even know that. I had to give it to you. So, know your place. Oh, my goodness. So, once again, when you give the pen to someone else to write your story. Because life is what you make it. So, we had, me and him had to go and get our daughter birth certificate. Right? Because she was coming up from down south. And I was like, we're married, player. <laughs> Come on, let's go. So we went down there to go get it. So on our way back, she brung up something that my daughter did a while ago to, you know, the girl that my daughter hang out with. And I'm like, why would she do that? And then I turned and looked at him, and I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, why? I said, because she's, you know, you were screwing her. So in her mind, you know, like, oh, he going back to her. Oh, my God. So she decided to do something petty. And then, you know, she was like, no, 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 because it was wrong trying to make an excuse. So I had asked her, because when she said, yo, where you going? I said, I'm going to Buffalo. I said, yo, can you do me a salad? Can you pick this up? I need it, you know, by Monday. But I really needed it by Friday, real talk. So when I came back, I was like, yo, you know, when I saw, I wasn't hunting up. When I saw, I said, yo, you did. Oh, girl, I got a life. I got things I need to do. No, I couldn't do it. I said, okay, say no more. Say less. But these are the people that you assume that will are supposed to be your friends or associate or family. And, you know, we don't want to see 
the pettiness, the vindictiveness, the bitterness, because, you know, you'd be like, oh, that's just the way they are. Yeah, you're right. You are so right. That is just the way they are. So if you know you're not like that, and you know that's not the energy you're giving, and you know that's not how you build, then why you got those negative-ass Nancys in your goddamn circle? If all they do is complain, bitch, moan, and you're like, yo, I want better. Real talk. I stopped talking to my friend Jackie and him because we were sitting around in the projects. And this is before I left to Atlanta. And I was like, yo, man, this can't be it. Like, life got to be more than this. Us just going to work, coming home, cooking and sitting here in the fucking projects. That's it. Doing the same thing. I can't. I'm, yo, I'm dying. Oh, bitch, you always try to be better than anybody. How am I being better if you want more? Like, this can't be it. Once in the blue, we'll see somebody get shot. We'll see people get jumped. We see motherfuckers arguing over their man or your man is cheating or whatever. Or your friends are trying to cut your throat. This can't be it. This cannot be the life that God gave us. Oh, my goodness. You is crazy. Yo, just settle. You, you, you working. If you, if you lose your job, you can get back on welfare. You live in the projects. And this it. I said, and that's it? That's all you see? Yeah. Nah, I can't see that. I can't. So I waited for like a month. I wound up moving down at my mom's house. And when I came back, you know, I used to walk through the private. I said, yo, man, I'm moving to Atlanta. Oh, you'll be back, bitch. Everybody that leave New York, they come back. I was like, nah, I'm not coming back no time soon. Oh, whatever. You you going with him and he may leave you. He might. Shit. You never know. I said, but I'm not doing it for him. Well, why? I said, because I'm doing it so my kids can get better. This can't be it. I mean, I ain't knocking New York. I love it. But I want to give them an opportunity. I, I want them to be able to drive cars and just just have a different experience with life. I don't want them to say, yo, they mother didn't try. I don't want them to be labeled. Oh, you a project kid. Yo, you not going nowhere. You a product of your environment. Like, I didn't want that. I, I want them to explore life. Go and see another part of the world. Family vacations. Like, I want them to do things. I don't want them to just live the life I did. I want them to have better. My friends looked at me and was like, girl, no, I'm dead serious. Sherelle and them looked at me and was like, nobody want to do nothing for their kids, girl. You moving for that man. I said, Craig can leave today or tomorrow. And I wish him well. But I need to make sure my kids get a better life. Craig did leave. After about three years, Craig left. Craig moved to Detroit, and Craig was living his life. And I wasn't mad. And I still stayed in Atlanta. I made sure that they did have a life. I did. I made sure. It wasn't the greatest, but it definitely was better than what they were used to. We would go on family vacations. We would go and see things and do things. We would drive and get lost. We had cribs. It was okay. We appreciated that time down there. 
because taught me to be responsible. So now I got my kids, my husband's going. I still got to work. That survival kicked in. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. That survival kicked in to where, yo, I got to make sure my babies have. My, my husband left. I, I can't. What I'm supposed to do, buckle and fold? I couldn't. And I'm going to tell you, I, I did. I sit in the house two days. My boss, John Cornetta, came and was like, whatever she's going through, you know, she'll still have a job. Most bosses don't do that. And then my friend Nick, he was like, bitch, come on. And then James and all of them was like, get up. Come on. Okay, he left. You got to take your ass to work. And I would. I would sit there and be sad sometimes at work. A song or something. And James and them, they did. Billy, all of them. They pulled me through. They was like, look, it's over, man. You just got to live your life. And I did. I did. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to sit here and lie and tell y'all, oh, okay. He left and I, I lived the life of Riley. No. I was working in seven different stores damn near. And doing part-time on the weekends with James and whoever wanted me to work for them. So I'm working and making sure I'm stacking bread. Now I got a, got my apartment next door. You know, I, I wasn't going to leave my crib. And, you know, I'm like just trying to make sure it comes all together and still have a life for myself as well as time with my kids. Like for real. So I just, uh, you know, and, and my daughter sent me through hell. For real. Like, they would, I'll be at work trying to make sure they got a roof over their head. That's why I said, I ain't mad when they kids grow up and do the same to them. I'll be at work and they got a house full of people, TJ and all of them. Boy done fell through my fucking ceiling. She got them in my house trying to hide. What, what they doing in here? That's another thing. Like, oh, but these are mine, so I can't complain. Here it is, your mother making a sacrifice. She's working, making sure you got a roof over your head, money in your pocket, clothes, and everything. But it's kids. It's expecting. Some of them. Not all. Mine were. Mine, mine. Like, you serious? Or they'll be in there doing God knows what. TV broke, now I got to get the TV fixed. Like, I did. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy when you come from a two-parent household, now you down to one. It wasn't easy. Oh, it wasn't easy. So, yeah, I had to recalibrate, redo my life, and I had to become not only the mom, but the warden, the police officer, the parole officer. I had to do all of that. I had to do all of that. Because I was like, yo, I'm not going to lose them to the streets. So I had to, and still have my sanity wits and still take care of me. So once again, life is what you make it. But if you give the pen to someone else to write your story, don't be mad at us that choose not to. Don't be mad at us. Because I'm not giving my pen to a fucking soul. It's my story. God gave me the pen. God gave me the book and the paper. And said, right as you go, I'm a fall, fumble, fuck up, make mistakes, do all of that. But I'm writing my story. I'm not allowing no man, no homegirl, fucking social media, none of that to dictate. Oh, no, Ephi Bear, you supposed to do no, no. I know you lying. I know you lying. And I'm not going to be thirsty for anything. Because, see, when you get thirsty, you drink from cups that are poisoned. And I'm not willing to do that. If I don't want to go, I... 
I'm not going. If I do want to go, I'm going to find a way. If it's meant for me to go, it's going to happen. But don't hate on me or get mad at me or want to lash at me because I choose to live my life and enjoy it and make memories. I'm not, I'm not overspending. And it also goes with your financial. I, every store I go into, I don't need to buy something. I don't. I, and I learned that realistic, real talk. When I got initiated, I learned everything don't need to be purchased. First of all, you're only limited to white anyway, right? You will see things when you first start and you'll be like, oh my God, I can't wait till I get in the color. And you'll see all of this. But then after a while, after them six months that you in white, you see she shit, you just be like, mm, nah, nope. And you'll go and look for white. And especially if you in South Jamaica, it's limited until the summer. So now Old Navy, you got to find or Gap or let you go in the city. Or you'll run into those little $10, $15, $20 stores and they may have something. But other than that, you'll go in the majority of the store. Ain't no white in there. So you you learn how to walk in the store, look, and walk out empty-handed and be happy with your money. I used to always think like, damn, how I get extra money? Because some things was unnecessary. I didn't really need it. So you learn discipline. And it just it crosses over in your life. After 21 days, it becomes... I have it. 91 days, it becomes a lifestyle. So you are in white for a year, seven days. Yeah, I can walk into a store, look around and walk right back out. Where I walk in the store with a few of my friends, oh my God, I got to buy this. Do you really need it? No, but I'm out. I, listen, I'm going to the next store. If not, I'm going to get me something to eat or something to drink. And they be like, oh my God. And then they come out with all these bags. Real talk. Come out with all these bags. And then when you be sitting there, girl, I spent my last... Damn, I don't even know how I'm gonna pay this light bill. Can you can you buy me something to eat? Take what, what's in there? Take it back, huh? Take it back. Take it back. Tell them you can't do a store credit. You live out of town. Take it back, <laughs> cause you won't be here. No, cause you didn't need all that. Take it back. Oh my God. Oh, oh my goodness. Take it back, cause you don't need it. So what you got it for? You can't walk into a store and be responsible and not get nothing. So if you see it, you gotta have it. Don't you got like three shirts like that? For real? Come on. Stop. Don't. No. Bye. Or sit here and watch me. I don't, I don't care. You can't be that fucking uh, retarded. Yeah. And forgive me. You know, because I know certain words that you shouldn't say. So forgive me. I, I'm for real. That That's a whole new topic. A whole new nother uh, podcast. But anyway. Be mindful. Be mindful of those that boo when they should be clapping. Be mindful of those that give you sneak disrespect and then hide it behind. Girl, I'm only playing. Girl, you know how we are. You know how we do. You know I love you. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Be mindful of these people. Be mindful of the people that constantly doing other things and you're like, damn, are you going to do this? Are you going to pay attention? People that half-ass do stuff. I am a strong believer. And when I read it, I was like, damn. And it, it brought me to my attention. And I was like, now I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that is the, the smallest thing I can do. But it's the biggest thing to me. 
if somebody can't take a shopping cart and put it back to its place, um, they're not going to do anything for you. And let me explain. You get your shopping cart, right? And you take your groceries, you go around the store, you go to checkout, you go, you take the shopping cart to your car, and you leave it right there. A lot of things can happen. Somebody can get hit by it. Some A car can hit it, hurt their car, hurt themselves. A lot of things can happen, right? But you found it where all the other shopping carts were. So put it back to where you found it. Put it back. We don't do that. So if you can't even, and I'm not, if you do it, God bless you, you know, discipline. If you can't do that small feat, the tiniest feet. And why would I think you would do anything meaningful or right or correct for me? Yeah. My my old boss, John Cornetta, used to always tell us, and I know some of y'all have heard this, that when we used to hire people, he used to be like the bank. The banks do this. He said, walk them out to their car and see how they car look. And I used to be like, what? And at first I used to just be like, man, this nigga bugging. But I understand. This car is your transportation to get you anywhere where you need to go. Back and forth to your job, to your home, so you can go and make money the whole nine. If you can't keep this car clean and functioning, you're not responsible. Because this right here will take you to get your money. Back and forth. And you're not taking care of this, then you have no kids. My man that says, uh, get you one of those families. <laughs> it's not for the week. David Arnold. His mother told him that if a man don't wear a watch, don't, don't give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't care about time, so they don't have nowhere anywhere important to be. And I'm like, wow, but these are all old sayings. But yet and still they ring true today. If you can't, you went into the supermarket, you found the shopping cart, they were stacked with all the other ones. Once you finish, you can't put things back. You know, in kindergarten, when you would play with your toys, they have that toy time. And when you got finished, they sing that song, clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere, clean up, clean up, everybody do this shit. And you put shit back where you found it. There is a picture of me with my niece with my grandniece, we were playing in the kitchen. So when she got tired, she thought she was going to walk away. No, no, no. We do the cleanup. She said, you're right, Aunt Donna. And we put it back. We put all those things back to where they belong. They teach you this in kindergarten. So once again, if you can't do the smallest thing that they taught you in kindergarten, and it first starts at home. When kids are playing with their toys, put them back, put in the toy thing. Come on, we're going to clean up. If you can't be responsible for something that you learned when you were at home before you even made it to school, and now you're an adult and you just leave it there, you can't be responsible for anything that has to do with me. Real talk. And I was sitting there the other day. I was in Hannaford in the supermarket. And I had the buggy, and I left it there, and I turned around and said, I can't preach this unless I do it. So if you can't do that one small feat, how you going to be responsible for anything else? And it rang true. So, y'all, 
Hopefully I see some of y'all in New York tonight, tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. I will be in New York. So hit me up. I'll be exploring, but I'm also going to go somewhere and write as well. And um, I appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you for looking. As always, it's been a pun, please, a pleasure. And look out for the videos and the interviews because while I'm down there, I'm going to start interviewing some people and getting their take and their thoughts on things. See ya.